up. All right. Well, I introduced again the youth team because one of them is speaking tonight. Uh, that's Ryan. And I heard Ken ask him if he's preaching from the Bible or not tonight. And I, I assume he is. No, he sent me his sermon ahead, Ken, so I know, I know he is. But um, Ryan has uh, won us over uh, really quick, uh, Jennifer and I. And um, Devin, Ashley, and, of course, Andrew's family, they already, already won us over. But I mean that. He is a, a wonderful Christian man who, who is praying hard for that godly wife. And we're praying for that, too. You know, Paul says it's okay to be single, but Ryan has already determined he is not Paul and doesn't want to be Paul. So um, you can pray with him, our God, to lead that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, he really has, and uh, the youth have already taken to him, and um, I just believe God is going to continue to uh, build an awesome team uh, in this church of, of youth ministers. So, Ryan, would you come and share the word with us? Thank you. Uh, Brother CJ um, had said he, that he gave me about three and a half hours of speaking time. So we're just going to catty-corner that away from me. Um, that's per the other way. little to the left. No, I'm kidding. That's fine. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so how's everybody doing tonight? Good? Okay, so I, I just want to start off with a few things. Um, first off, thank you guys for asking me to speak um, and giving me that honor. Um, thank you guys for just really being open and letting me be a part of your church family. Um, I've actually really enjoyed being a part of the New Song family and getting to represent um, this body of Christ. So, thank you for that. Um, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself so that way you know who is here. Uh, my name is Ryan. Um, I'm originally from southwest Missouri, a little town called Knoll, 45 minutes from here. Um, I'm five foot tall, but 6'3 in the spirit. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I like Red Bull, Hot Cheetos, and good, wholesome comedy films. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, I'm going to be speaking a little bit tonight on something that I hope is something that will really actually push us and make us really uncomfortable. Um, because I think that's how the word um, is supposed to be. Uh, whenever I think about how Jesus spoke... Um, to his disciples, to complete strangers, to his followers of 12,000 some odd million people. Um, I think about how he would say things and people would go, wait, say, come again, Jesus, what was that? And um, this is something that uh, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable and I want you guys to be openly vulnerable and receptive of this word. Uh, there's a fair amount of the Bible in it, Ken, so at least you'll know that part is good. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. If you don't like anything I say, just like the verses. That's all. Um, so, but on the, on the real, what time should I be done? Eight. We dismiss at eight. But I'll be done way before that. 20 minutes for prayer. Okay, so um, let's begin. So the last few days um, I've had, I work at uh, Sprint Wireless in Springdale uh, with Branson Fergie. Um, and uh, my schedule is kind of weird, so I get a little bit of off time here and there. So uh, I get a lot of mornings off or evenings off. Um, the last few days, I've been running back and forth from here to uh, a camp in Wyandotte, Oklahoma. 
And that's where I went to church camp as a kid. I started going when I was about 14. And I just love that place. And every time that I'm there, um, I'm just reminded about uh, what it's done for me and what it's really um, spoken and, and placed in my life. Um, that is a very special place to my heart. Um, and I love it a lot. And you guys should come see it sometime. Um, anyways, it's not much of a looker. It's not like a million dollar camp. It's more like a, a tin metal tabernacle on the top of a hill with no AC. But the Holy Spirit is there. Um, and the first time I went, I was just out of the eighth grade going into the ninth grade. So I was about 14. And I remember going there and seeing people my age, you know, 14, 15, 16, um, kids that were there that were truly passionate for Jesus. And I thought, this is really cool. This is really cool. I want to be like these guys. Um, it was men and women. I remember there was a, a boy named James. At the time, he was 16, and he was prophesying on stage to about 150, 200 of us kids, just spl- slaying us in the spirit. It was amazing. Um, and I was just like, I had no idea. Up until this point in my life, I didn't have any idea that I could really represent Christ to like any capacity at this age because I was under the disillusion that I had to become a certain age or make a certain amount of money or be an adult or have kids to be able to share the gospel and to represent the Lord. And that was this was the first time that that lie, total lie, had been smashed out of my brain, and I loved it. And at, at this point, I had realized, these guys have something that I want. Um, I love the passion that they have. I want everybody else to see me the way that I see them. These guys really remind me of Jesus. Um, and it wasn't because of James or Tanner were really, really cool, um, or they had a good way of talking, or they were really good at singing or playing the guitar. It was, they were in love with Jesus Christ. Um, And that's something that really shook me to my core. And at this camp, this is where I felt the call to ministry. Um, This is where I received the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, Just an amazing place. And so I share that um, because the following question is what I'm basing a lot of my sermon after. Um, And this is something that the Lord laid on my heart a few years later when I was in Bible college. And I want you to listen to this question. If you guys are taking notes, you're welcome to. If you're not, you should. Jesus loves note takers. Um, But you don't have to, but you should. Um, So this question is something that I try and run a filter of my actions and my words through. And I will be totally honest. I do not get it right every time, but I try to. And I'm trying to do it more and more every day. And so this question is something that the Holy Spirit dropped in um, my heart a while back. And here it is. When a non-believer looks into the church doors, do they see something different than the outside world? Let alone, is it something that they want to be a part of? I'm going to say that again. When a non-believer, somebody who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, whenever homosexual, whenever a Muslim, whenever a liar, an atheist, it doesn't matter what it is. Whenever somebody looks into the church doors, and by that, you, a Christian, whenever somebody looks at us, do they see something contrary to the world or exactly the similar, similar and just slightly hypocritical? 
And we're going to be kind of talking about that a little bit and kind of just upholding that question and lifestyle with verses. And really, whenever a non-believer looks at us, a Christian, somebody who claims to follow Jesus, who is a disciple, who represents the Lord, um, they shouldn't see something that they're doing. They shouldn't see us saying, oh, don't do this according to this verse, da-da-da-da-da-da, and then we're doing it the next day or right there in front of them, right? Um, whenever you're at work with a coworker that maybe isn't a believer, but they know that you and your spouse go to work or uh, go to church every single Sunday and every single Wednesday, but they s- know that you guys are fighting all the time, or m- make that go to like a larger extreme. I know people fight, but I'm not married. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, whenever people see that or they hear that you, um, you're like, oh, I really love the Lord. And uh, also this, this Friday, I'm going downtown to get and do inappropriate things. Are, is that something that they're like, I want to be a Christian too. That looks like a lot of fun. We should try that. Tell me more about your God. Or are you actually representing what this thing is all about? Um, and I understand that we are fleshly human beings and that we do make mistakes. Um, but in the end, this is how our actions should be. It should be like Christ. First, it should be direct, and it should, we should be able to stand up for our beliefs. Just like Jesus when he was speaking to the woman at the well. Okay, he, he pointed out a very evident truth to her. I know that you've been with five other men over the last so many days. And she was, <gasps> how did you know that? Because I'm Jesus. And that was something that affirmed him as the son of God. Um, and that's where that's good. Um, because he was standing up for what was right. He was saying, but I love you and I really don't want you to do that. I want you to be secure in yourself and in me, not in these worldly things that will give you this small amount of happiness, right? So first, we should be direct with what we believe and stand up for it. And then second, we should also have grace as well to the non-believer, whether it's your kids even or your parents. I, for one, have a mom who is still struggling with officially following the Lord. Um, And so coming to them with grace, just like Jesus with the woman caught in adultery, the Pharisees come and say, hey, we just caught this woman doing something bad that she should not have been doing. And right there, Jesus is going, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, according to Romans, which hasn't been written yet. (laughs) Um, You've sinned too, Pharisee. So why are you pointing it out in her? And then he continued to give her grace and express his love to her. And I believe that she totally was shook by that and turned her life around after that. I would hope so. And so those are a couple things that I believe that we should be doing as a follower of Christ. Um, And I'm talking about this here for this exact reason. If we want new song 
to grow, not for the sake of numbers, not for the sake of the name, new song, to get 13,000 views on YouTube and da -da 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 -da, millions of dollars and get a giant jet to fly all over the world. Um, oops. Uh, <laughs> not for that, but for the sake of literally bringing the only thing that we can with us to heaven, our brothers and sisters, right? And so I'm talking about this today because this is imperative. This is literally, eternally vital. This is something that we should have a better grasp on so we can fill all of those 270 empty chairs for two, three, four services a day on Sunday, right? Bentonville is a huge area. Do you guys know that Bentonville's population like triples on the weekday? From like 50,000 to whatever that is tripled? <laughs> Uh, I went to Matt County High School. I don't really know how to do math. <laughs> so how does the world see you? Um, like I said in the question, is are we contrary to the world or are we mirroring it? Um, is it? Is it something different? Is it something that's actually enticing to them, right? Because it goes both ways. Whether Andrew and I are buddies in school and Andrew um, is just a neutral dude on the spiritual realm, and I'm the cool kid who goes out and parties, whatever. He he might see that and think, oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I want to go, go ahead and do that. Or it could be the other way around. I'm a doofus and doing those silly things, but Andrew is a solid man in God. And I see that even though he goes through hard times, his foundation is founded in the Lord. He has the joy of the Lord when he goes through valleys and when he's on mountaintops. Okay, and it's because of things like that. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but some of you know my testimony and my mother. Recently, my mother lost her fiance in a tragic accident. And the moment after it happened and, and she was able to get back home and, and to safety, she called me because she knew through all of the trial and turmoil that I've gone through in my life, I've always tried my best to turn back to the Lord and, and to renew my strength in Him and to renew my joy in Him and to find my life in Him. She knew that she could call me for prayer. And that's what we should be seeking. That's what we should be seeking with every single action, with every single word, with every single Facebook post. Okay? We should be promoting Jesus Christ here. I'm going to read this verse here in 1 Peter 2.9. This is something, I'm just going to read it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special, some translations say peculiar. Who wants to be a little peculiar? I drove through peculiar Missouri this weekend on the way to a wedding. Made way too many peculiar jokes. That's a peculiar sign. Uh, anyways. Uh, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but now you are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That is an amazing verse that talks about repentance and what it does for our lives. We were once in darkness, but now we've been called into his marvelous light. We were once not a people, scrambling around like roaches when you turn the light on. And now we are a p the people of God. We had not obtained mercy, and now we have obtained mercy. This is what we want to aspire to live for. 
We are his chosen generation. God has called you and you and chosen all of us to be the ambassador for Christ, to be that new creation that represents him and who he is. Okay, let's get real. Let's be vulnerable. Let's be mature. We're all adults, except for me. Um, the call of God is not, the call of God on your life is not easily achieved if you blend in with the world. If you are one foot in and one foot out doing the hokey pokey all about with Jesus and with the world, you're not going to be fulfilling that full purpose that he's called for you. You're not likely to be on that narrow path, Matthew 7. God will not often choose somebody who is perfect in the world's eyes to fulfill his mission. He will choose the lowly person, the dork, the person who's left out, just so that way he can immediately, or not immediately, just so that way he can prove he did it through him or you, right? If you look at somebody like Moses. Moses was insecure and a poor speaker, so he claimed, <laughs> God, I'm, I can't speak. You're talking to me right now, Moses. <laughs> um, but he was insecure, and, and he wasn't comfortable with, I, I would imagine maybe he was more of an introvert, not really comfortable with being around a lot of screaming, whining Israelites. <laughs> um, and God decided, no, I'm going to choose you, Moses, because it will bring me the glory. And because I know you don't even want the glory. Because you couldn't do it without me anyways. I just want to share a little bit. I was really nervous before I came up here. And I'm still a little bit nervous. But I heard from a, a mentor of mine, anytime that you're nervous, you have nerves. It's because you know you can't do it on your own. So I'm leaning on God right now, as you can see. Um, and I'm trusting him that he is speaking through me. I totally forgot to pray at the beginning, but that's okay. God has grace. <laughs> um, so that being said, God has called something out of each and one, each and every single one of us. That might be, in general, just to be a godly mother who is a great homeschool teacher and pastor's wife and raises her kids up in the ways of the Lord to glorify him for all their days. Amen. Right? Um, that might be for you to be a really good banker who also is a great spouse to your spouse. Um, that might be to create multiple, multiple adoption homes all across the state and the country. Um, whatever it is, God has called you to do something. And along that path, so think about it this way. If I were to walk from here to the back to Nathaniel, there are people that see you everywhere you go. They see what you do. And it's kind of our job along the way to go, hey, brother, do you know Jesus? Yes. You should. Good, good. And the Lord is asking us to do that. And even better, I'll do you one better, even more than that, God is asking us that as we're doing that, to just always give him glory, always give him the praise, shine like his light, and the people around us will notice that. They'll go, man, 
I noticed that, you know, you've been going through this really hard time. Your dad died just the other day. And even though you are mourning, I noticed that you're still really giving it all that you got, that you're still praying and that you're actually still being encouraging to your siblings. That's crazy. How are you doing that? Well, brother, it's it's because I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And even though I don't have actual happiness right now, his joy is what's giving me strength to get through this day. And and we we get the opportunity. Really, it's an opportunity we get to do that for Jesus. Um, and that should be a, just a pure delight because, like I said earlier, the only thing that we can bring with us into heaven are the people around us. We can't take all of our money, all of our cars or motorcycles or whatever it is. The only thing that we can take is the people around us and the people around us where we go. You guys feeling good so far? Feeling convicted? I totally am too. Good. I'm glad that you responded. (laughs) I'm awkward. Um. Some of you might be wondering, well, I I still really don't even know that the Lord has this this calling for me. You know, I've I've got this older sibling and they just do everything right. Or uh, my wife, she's like in the job that she wants and it's amazing. And I'm like selling toilets and I don't like doing that. It stinks. <laughs> Come on, loosen up. It's a joke. Toilet joke, guys. Come on, we're at church. It's okay to laugh a little bit. Um, either way you are right where God wants you Um, and if he doesn't want you there he's going to do everything in his power to let you know Belinda move do something else for the love of me (laughs) Um, I want to share a quick testimony that I I heard today Um, while I went home so over the last like five years I've been kind of in this crazy boat ride going like all over the place like god where do you want me in my life and and so over that time i've i've spoken to a lot of pastors uh, pastors that are like oh man we need a good young youth man with a handsome hairdo to come on in and share the love of god to our kids and so there's actually this guy his name is john kohler the third and he is a pastor um oh he actually he was um this is in the fgea um pastor uh at this church in Joplin for a while. He worked in this Christian school at his church uh, for like 20 years. And then out of nowhere, um, the church is just, it's just degrading over time. They're, they're losing a lot of people. It keeps getting smaller. And he's like, okay, we've, we've got to do something else. And so this guy actually grew up as a missionary um, in Guatemala. He speaks fluent Spanish. He's taught Spanish. Like he does... That's like where he, if he were to be called anywhere else, he'd think like, oh, missionary to a Spanish-speaking country, good. Well, this time a year ago, the beginning of July, um, the school had shut down. And so he was like, I, I don't know where I'm going. And a door opened up for him to move to Thailand. And he was like, that <laughs> that's not for me. I'm going to avoid that God. Stay away. And 
Uh, he tried doing something else, and it flopped. He tried doing another thing, and it flopped. And so he's, he's, he just really felt the Lord pushing on his heart. This is a godly man. He hears the word of the Lord, ignores it still. But um, come on, Jonah did it. Let's go, people. Come on. You do it too, I do it. Um, and so he, he moves on, and there's the Lord every day is like, Thailand, you're going to Thailand. You and your kids are going to Thailand. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so he moves forward with that, and, and he puts in the application to get moved over there. Um, Thailand is a 90% Buddhist country. They're not interested in having any missionaries, especially giving a visa to a missionary. Within two weeks, this man sold every single thing that he owned. It was clear that the blessing of the Lord was there. He was able to sell his house, all of his worldly belongings, except for a few suitcases of clothes for him, his wife, and his four kids. And in a span of three weeks, he went from being secure, American, living in good old Joplin, Missouri, da-da-da-da-da, and he's on a, on a plane to Thailand. And over the last year, he's gone through just a crazy spiritual and emotional roller coaster. He was telling me, you know, it, it's crazy here, even if you're in ministry, you're like, wow. I'm I'm just, this is amazing. This is perfect. I just led this kid to Christ, da-da-da. Um, and there, it's worlds apart. But he followed the word of the Lord. Um, and the Lord has strengthened him through that uh, as a man. He's, he found his true identity in God, not in ministry, not in anything else, but in God. Um, and, and I think that's something that we should be seeking. I think that's something that the Lord is really asking of us. Um, I want to read... If you would turn to Ephesians 4, if you don't know where to find that, it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament. It's somewhere in between Galatians and Philippians. If you need a good acronym for those books, Go Eat Pork Chops. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Go Eat Pork Chops. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. Galatians and eat. There we go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I learned that from a buddy of mine in high school, uh, college, yes, school. Um, verse or chapter four. Therefore, I, a prisoner for the ser- for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. This is Paul speaking. This dude has been in it. Be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Always keep yourselves united in the Holy Spirit and bind yourselves together with peace. This is talking about the maturity of a Christian. Verse 4, we are all one body. We have the same spirit, and we have all been called to the same glorious future. There is only one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and there is only one God, Oh, I skipped a line. There is only one God and Father, only one God, f- and I'm sorry, um, who is over us all and in us all and living through us all. However, he has given each of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. That's talking about how we should live as a Christian, being mature, being humble, gentle, patient, united in love in the spirit 
in the body. Being a mature Christian isn't just like reciting every single Bible verse or anything like that. And and that's not even something that you achieve by leading XYZ number of people to Christ. It it comes in the quiet place, in the secret place, like we were singing about. It's it's that foundation that, that you build on your own by yourself with him. Um and that is something that helps us to pursue the Lord. And and this talks and with that, that is a good proof of why we should really read our Bible and pray um, and, and seek the Lord and say, Lord, what is it that you're asking of me? Where are you leading? What is the calling that you have on my life? And and I'll share something really simple with you guys. There I believe that there are two types of callings in our life. I believe that there's one that's very specific to each individual. And then I believe that there's one that's general to all of us as Christians. Jesus, before he ascended, gave us the Great Commission. That's a big part of our calling as a Christian. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go all over the world and do that. Um, Doesn't get more simple than that. Just kidding, that's... Not a simple task, but we can do it. Um, I want You can turn here if you'd like, but I'm just referencing a story here in Matthew 10, verse 38. Um, I'm going to turn there real quick. I really like the imagery that comes in this story. At this time, um, Jesus and his disciples are over at Mary and Martha's house having a party. They're having checks mix. And um, Mary is just having a great time. She's sitting at Jesus' feet. They're watching the Super Bowl together, eating checks mix and sharing. And, and Martha's running around like a chicken with her cat. With, like a chicken with her head cut off. Like, ah, I got to put up the banners. I got to come and do this. I got to wash Jesus' feet. I got to go and get food ready for Jesus' 12 disciples and his 5,000 plus followers. And I got to go and get all the... And and Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. And, and the imagery that I see here is is that we should have the attitude like Mary. Life might get chaotic sometimes, and you might have spilt the milk on the floor for the third time that day. You, um, yeah. But we should still just find ourselves just sitting at the feet of Jesus and, and just finding our, our truth, our security, our peace in him. Like Mary here. And and like I've been saying, and like I said in the beginning, that is something that, whether you believe it or not, will attract the non-believer, will attract those people around you. <laughs> I wrote this in my notes. Look like a hippie in love with Jesus. Um, and... Like I said earlier in, in the story about me first going to camp, it was because of people like that. Um, 
I knew some of these people, and they didn't have good lives. They Their life was all over the place. They were adopted. They had gone through these hard times. One of the guys uh, had just lost his home in the Joplin tornado. It was around that time. And, and his, his, just, his security was founded in the Lord. Even though things were crazy and just uh, literally a physical wreck, he was founded in Jesus. Um, and, and it was me seeing things like that in those people and going, I want that so badly. And I want others to see me that way and for them to want that so badly. Let's be a First Timothy 4.12 type of generation. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. We're all young here. Amen? Amen? Yeah, some of you are like, yes, I'm young. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, it's okay. And like that speaks to all of us. It doesn't matter if you're 8, 18, or 80. We should all be an example to the believers and the non-believers in our words, in our actions, in our love, the way that we care about one another. Then, once we do that, so I'm coming to a close here, just a few more verses. Second Timothy verse, or chapter 2. I don't have a cool acronym for the Timothys and finding them. Second Timothy two nineteen B, but I'm going to read the whole verse. But God's truth stands firm, like a found like a foundation stone with this inscri- inscription: "The Lord knows those who are His." And this is the B that I love: "Those who claim they belong to the Lord must turn away from all wickedness." Um, for us to be able to do that, to be that light that attracts others. We need to turn away from the things that tempt us and, and that keep getting that hold on our back ankle for us to pursue the Lord and his calling in our life. Um, and if we do that, they'll stop, hopefully, stop calling us hypocrites all the time. And we don't want to look like that. We want to look like somebody who is true and genuine and in love with the Lord. Because that's what's going to draw them in. That's what's going to fill all of those seats. That's what's going to fill all of their hearts with the Holy Spirit. That's what's going to truly draw them in and, and ignite that first question. And even if they don't come to you, you can still go to them. And whenever you say, hey, I, I really want you to come to New Song with me this, next, this Sunday, they're going to notice your life and everything that we've just been talking about and go... Yeah, I'll give it a try. You seem pretty truthful about that. And and that's what we should want. That's what sh- we should aspire for. Um, let's go to 2 Timothy 2.21. It's just a little bit farther down. Um, if we do that, then we can live in this way. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a utensil God can use for his purpose. Your life will be clean 
and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Amen? Amen. That's so amazing. If we look at all this evidence, <laughs> um, if we do that and if we pursue those things, we can be used as God's pure utensil, as a catalyst, as a conduit, as a, a vessel, as a tool. We will be that person stepping into the room, whether it's at the home office or your kitchen or wherever, and people will experience peace like none other. People will see your love, that it is true, and, and they'll want that. And with that being said, this, this is something that I really believe we all need to hear, not just as new song, um, but as humans. <laughs> um, this is something that I think if w the church as a whole were to really get this down, we would see a revival like none other even better an awakening because the church is asleep right now. Um, and we need to really take this as true and run with it uh, because there are people all around us. You can, you can think about it now, whether it's a sibling, whether it might be you, it might be your spouse, it might be your parents, it might be person, if you're a student, whether it's a person that you sit with at lunch, if you're an adult, it could be somebody that you work with. It doesn't matter. There are people all around you that are literally dying to hear the good news. And you might be the only person to bring it to them. So let's take this seriously. If you would, let's close our eyes. And I'll, I want us to take this seriously, but I also want us to approach this with Childlike faith. And think all around us, there are people who are hurting and who are in need. And I want you to think about who some of those people are. Because there's definitely at least one. And maybe this person who needs awakening tonight is you. I want you guys to know that, just like that verse said, God has put a gift in each and every single one of us. God had knit you in your mother's womb and said, all right, I want you to be my vessel, and I've made you with the gift of generosity, passion, the ability to speak, musical talent. Whatever it is, God has put a gift like that in each and every one of you, and he's set you on a path like into his calling for your life. And if you stay on that path with these things in mind, I truly believe with these things in mind, you will reflect Jesus. And whenever that non-believer looks at your life into our church doors, at all Christians, 
they'll see something that they want so badly. They'll see the security that they've never experienced, the peace that they've never known, the love that they've never had. And we have all of that in Jesus Christ. We would be fools not to go out and share that with those around us. So, Lord, we come before you now as broken individuals who are so thankful for your grace. Lord, I just pray right now that you would open our hearts and open our minds, open the eyes of our heart to see what it is that you are wanting to do in our life, God, to show us where you're leading us. God, who is it in our life and on our path that we are needing to reach out to? Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would make that true, you would make that evident. And Lord, we're going to wait in silence for you to speak that. Lord, I pray that you would make us open and receptive to your voice right now. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Lord, we come to your throne with grace, of grace, Lord. And, and we, we give you our heart back to you, Lord. Do with it what you will, Lord. If you'd like to come up to the altars, they're open. This is a good time to pray to the Lord that he would make more things known to you of what your gifts are, what your callings are, where he's leading you. Maybe people in your life that he's asking you to really speak into. We're going to intercede for some of those hearts right now. 